1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God, and it is the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am, seated right now in Christ Jesus in the heavenly realms, the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine, and I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert, my spirit is receptive, as I'm taught the Word of God. My life has changed for the better, and I will never be the same again. Amen. You may be seated. The title of the message this morning is The Culling. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty two, have faith in God. And Hebrews eleven six says, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. This is my message this anniversary Sunday morning, and this is my message to the end. A plague has been sent upon the world, and a plague has been sent upon America. Why has it happened? How has it happened? It is the result of the sum total of all of our bad decisions in the past that has led us here now to the judgment of God the slaughter of the unborn, the defamation and desecration of marriage, the defamation and desecration of gender roles, the perversion and poisoning of our youth through the public school system, which teaches debauchery and the worst moral behavior imaginable. We are in days like the days before Noah and the ark. And God, quite frankly, has said enough. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 37, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking marrying and giving in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. They didn't realize judgment was coming until it was too late. And Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. The judgment that has come upon us is laid out in Leviticus 26. It is Leviticus 26 in action. 
In Leviticus 26, verses 1 to 13, God says how he will reward obedience. Now, I know we are not ancient Israel, but God consistently deals with nations and peoples according to the same principles. So here is how God rewards obedience. Leviticus 26, verse 1, Do not make idols or set up an image or a sacred stone for yourselves, and do not place a carved stone in your land to bow down before it. I am the Lord your God. Observe my Sabbaths and have reverence for my sanctuary. I am the Lord. If you follow my decrees and are careful to obey my commands, I will send you rain in its season, and the ground will yield its crops and the trees of the field their fruit. Your threshing will continue until grape harvest, and the grape harvest will continue until planting, and you will eat all the food you want and live in safety in your land. I will grant peace in the land, and you will lie down, and no one will make you afraid. I will remove savage beasts from the land, and the sword will not pass through your country. You will pursue your enemies, and they will fall by the sword before you. Five of you will chase a hundred, and a hundred of you will chase ten thousand, and your enemies will fall by the sword before you. I will look on you with favor and make you fruitful and increase your numbers, and I will keep my covenant with you. You will still be eating last year's harvest when you have to move it out to make room for the new. I will put my dwelling place among you, and I will not abhor you. I will walk among you and be your God, and you will be my people. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt so that you would no longer be slaves to the Egyptians. I broke the bars of your yoke and enabled you to walk with your heads held high. And this describes the America that was. In Leviticus 26, verses 14 to 46, God says how he will repay disobedience. We are not ancient Israel, but God consistently deals with nations and peoples according to the same principles. So here is how God repays disobedience. In verses 14 to 17, we have level one punishment. Leviticus 26, 14, but if you will not listen to me and carry out all these commands, and if you reject my decrees and abhor my laws and fail to carry out all my commands and so violate my covenant, then I will do this to you. I will bring upon you sudden terror, wasting diseases, and fever that will destroy your sight and drain away your life. You will plant seed in vain because your enemies will eat it. I will set my face against you so that you will be defeated by your enemies. Those who hate you will rule over you and you will flee even though no one is pursuing. So at just level one punishment, God says, those who hate you will rule over you. And I think we can all see this is exactly what we have today. In verses 18 to 22, we have level two punishment, which is seven times worse than level one. Verse 18, if after all this you will not listen to me, I will punish you for your sins seven times over. 
I will break down your stubborn pride and make the sky above you like iron and the ground beneath you like bronze. Your strength will be spent in vain because your soil will not yield its crops, nor will the trees of the land yield their fruit. If you remain hostile toward me and refuse to listen to me, I will multiply your afflictions seven times over as your sins deserve. I will send wild animals against you, and they will rob you of your children, destroy your cattle, and make you so few in number that your roads will be deserted. In verses 23 to 26, we have level 3 punishment, which is seven times worse than level 2. Verse 23, if in spite of these things you do not accept my correction, but continue to be hostile toward me, I myself will be hostile toward you and will afflict you for your sins seven times over. And I will bring the sword upon you to avenge the breaking of the covenant. When you withdraw into your cities, I will send a plague among you, and you will be given into enemy hands. When I cut off your supply of bread, ten women will be able to bake your bread in one oven, and they will dole out the bread by weight. You will eat, but you will not be satisfied. At just level three punishment, God says, I will send a plague among you. And I think we can all see that is where we are today. In verses 27 to 46, we have level four punishment, which is seven times worse than level three. Level four punishment is what is ahead of us, hopefully after the rapture of the church. Verse 27, if in spite of this you still do not listen to me, but continue to be hostile toward me, then in my anger I will be hostile toward you, and I myself will punish you for your sins seven times over. You will eat the flesh of your sons and the flesh of your daughters. I will turn your cities into ruins. I will lay waste the land so that your enemies who live there will be appalled. I will scatter you among the nations and draw out my sword and pursue you. Your land will be laid waste and your cities will lie in ruins. Verse 37, you will not be able to stand before your enemies. You will perish among the nations. Verse 43, they will pay for their sins because they rejected my laws and abhorred my decrees. And like the latter part of Deuteronomy 28, it just goes on and on and on and gets worse and worse and worse. My friends, welcome to the end times. These are the end times. And we better pay attention to what the Bible, the Word of God has to say about the end times. And we better especially pay attention to what Jesus had to say about end times. So this morning, let us go to the parable of the weeds. Matthew 13, 24, Jesus' parable of the weeds. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field, but while everyone was sleeping. Tell your neighbor, everyone was sleeping. Tell the neighbor on the other side, everyone is sleeping right now. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. 
The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good, field, good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy, he did, an enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, Because while you are pulling the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. Say it out loud. Let both grow together until the harvest at that time I will tell the harvesters first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn the title of my 2022 anniversary Sunday message is the culling number one the weeds get identified first number one the weeds get identified first. This has become apparent to me in the Obama years and then the Trump years and now in the COVID PSYOP years of 2020, 2021, and 2022. Many we thought were born again, Bible believers, were actually something else. Simply because Obama was the first black president Many people, I thought, were born-again Bible believers, became pro-abortion and pro-gay marriage simply because their false god, Obama, supported these amoral positions. And then we had, don't get excited yet, and then we had the trump oliters. Yes, before Trump, we had pro-abortion weeds, and we had gay weeds, and we had only Black Lives Matter weeds, and we had communist or Antifa weeds, and we had transgender weeds. But how in the world could the evangelical church have gone so nuts over a candidate who was and is transgender, pro-transgender? These are all cults. These are all cults built on lies. Modern, progressive, Western society is just one lie built upon another. Modern, progressive, Western society is a house of cards built upon one lie upon the other, one cult built upon the other, and all of these cults have something in common. They all prey on women and children. Amen. Right now, and I mean right now, they are doing psychological and physical experiments on children nationwide. They are right now giving puberty blockers to adolescents. They are right now chopping the breast off adolescent girls after convincing them that they are boys. They are right now castrating adolescent boys after convincing them that they are girls. What are these but medical experiments on children? They are right now experimenting on children psychologically and physically. And now we have Dr. Frankenstein. You need to get online and listen to Dr. Vladimir Zelenko. Dr. Robert Malone, Dr. Peter McCullough, 
Dr. Gert Vanden Bosch and Dr. Sukharit Bhakti and find out exactly what these shots do. These shots produce spike proteins that lodge in three places, the brain, the heart, and the reproductive organs. This modern American Dr. Frankenstein makes Adolf Hitler and his MD henchman Joseph Mengel look like Sunday school teachers. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? Speaking about the weeds, no, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the angels, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. I want you to notice, number one, that the weeds get identified first. I said the weeds get identified first. Jesus said, let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. Before the harvest of God, the weeds get identified first. Before the harvest of God, the weeds get identified first. And that is what is happening in 2020 and 2021 and 2022. And that is why we at Faith Christian Center and St. Paul's Preparatory Academy have skated through this plague because we have been steadfast and we have stayed with the Word of God and we have had no other gods before us and we have taught the people of God the requirements of God and the covenants of God and we have looked to God only as our source, not man, not Trump, not Dr. Frankenstein, not Pfizer, not Moderna, not Johnson and Do Johnson, and certainly not not Biden. We have looked to God only as our source, and we have not abandoned the Word of God to be good little Republicans, and we have not abandoned the Word of God to be Trump loyalists, and we have not abandoned the Word of God to be good little Democrats, and we have just stayed with the Word. And God has protected us. And God has blessed us. And God has prospered us. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and give God the glory. Say it out loud. God has protected us. And God has blessed us. And God has prospered us. Now, I know Trump was a thousand times better than his opposition, Hillary Clinton, but that doesn't mean we ought to all fall down and worship him. That doesn't mean we have to believe everything he says. That doesn't mean we have to be just another one of his suckers. We can think, and we can read, and we can read the Bible. My God, my God, my God, how Christianity has fallen. Back when the governor of California, Newsom, was facing a recall, Trump actually said Caitlyn Jenner would make a good governor. 
and Christians by the millions just go along with whatever Trump says. It's disgraceful. I said it is disgraceful. And I say by the power of the Holy Ghost here this morning that they have identified themselves as weeds. They have identified themselves as weeds. My friend, it is the culling. It is the culling which precedes the parousia of the Lord Jesus Christ. Number two, after the weeds get identified first, then the wheat is gathered in second. Jesus told them another parable, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, you know, while everyone's doing cool church, while everyone's doing pop psychology on Sunday instead of preaching the Bible, asleep in the light, Keith Green sang. The church has been asleep in the light, but actually they've been asleep in the darkness. Because if you ain't got no word, you ain't got no light. While everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. First, collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, then... Gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. First, collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then, gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. First, collect the weeds and tie them in bundles together to be burned. Then, gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. Pastor Gene, why do you think we are so close to the end? Well, here's a little outline of the book of Revelation given to us through the Apostle John by the Holy Spirit himself. Revelation 1.19, write therefore what you have seen, what is now, and what will take place later. What you have seen is Revelation 1. What is now is Revelation 2 and 3, where John records Jesus' words to the seven churches of Asia operating at that time. What will take place begins in Revelation 4. Revelation 4.1 is the parousia of the church, what the Latin Vulgate called the rapture of the church. After this I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven, and the voice I heard first speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this or in the future. Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. The King James says, Come up hither, and I will show these things which must be hereafter. Now we have no idea of the length of time that passes in each chapter in Revelation. 
But look at Revelation chapter 6, verse 8, two chapters later. I looked, and there before me was a pale horse. Its rider was named Death, and Hades was following close behind him. They were given power over a fourth of the earth to kill by sword, famine, and plague, and by the wild beasts of the earth. Get it? Plague. In chapter 6 of the book of Revelation, just two chapters after the rapture of the church, one-fourth of the population of the earth dies just two chapters later. Dr. Michael Yeadon, the former vice president of Pfizer in charge of research, estimates that these leaky vaccines, what does that mean? They put it in the arm, supposed to stay there, but it doesn't. It goes all through the body will cause autoimmune disorder because of what is in them and because they were stupidly, yes, stupidly used on a mass scale during a pandemic. He estimates that they will kill billions of people over time. Why? Because they overwrite a person's immune system and shut down their native immunity T-cell activity. And just one thing T-cells do every day is they take out or they kill cancer cells. Get online and study Dr. Ryan Cole to learn more about this. So it looks like in chapter 6 of Revelation is right ahead of humanity. And remember chapter 4 of the book of Revelation, the parousia of the church, what the Latin Vulgate called the rapture of the church, has to come before a fourth of the earth's population dies in Revelation 6. Are you hearing what I am saying this morning? Amen. And these monsters of iniquity won't see what they've done and stop. We know this because Revelation 9, 12 to 18 says, the first woe is past, two other woes are yet to come. The sixth angel sounded his trumpet, and I heard a voice from the horns of the golden altar that is before God. It said to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates, and the four angels who had been kept ready for this hour, this very hour and day and month and year, were released to kill a third of mankind. The number of the mounted troops was 200 million. I heard their number. The horses and riders I saw in my vision looked like this. Their breastplates were fiery red, dark blue, and yellow as sulfur. The heads of the horses resembled the heads of lions. And out of their mouths came fire, smoke, and sulfur. A third of mankind was killed by the three plagues of fire, smoke, and sulfur that came out of their mouth. Plagues. One-fourth of humanity dies in Revelation 6, and then one-third of humanity dies in Revelation 9. If you do the math, that is one-half of the world's population gone by Revelation chapter 9. Well, Pastor Gene, there have been plagues in the past. Smallpox took out a third of the earth's population. What makes this time so different? Because never before in the history of humanity has the technology been in place to keep people from buying or selling unless they submit to the mark of the beast. Amen. The mark of the beast is mentioned in Revelation 13, 16, and 17, and chapter 16 and verse 2. And technologically, we are there right now. 
He also forced everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on his right hand or in on his forehead so that no one could buy or sell unless he had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of his name. There is a company in Sweden right now. I'm not talking about next week. I'm talking about right now selling chips for hands. And these are really popular with young people because with that chip, they can open their car door, they can turn their car on, they can unlock their appointment, pay for gas. It's really super convenient. Notice that along with the mark of the beast comes worship of the beast. We see this in Revelation 19. Verse 2, then I heard a loud voice from the temple saying to the seven angels, go pour out the seven bowls of God's wrath on the earth. The first angel went and poured out his bowl on the land and ugly and painful sores broke out on the people who had the mark of the beast and worshiped his image. So it's not innocent. It's not innocuous. It goes along with worship. People who had the mark of the beast and worshipped his image. Do not trust anyone who trusts the government going forward. Amen. People amaze me. They trust the same government with health care that gave smallpox blankets to Native Americans. They trust the same government with health care that experimented on black men by giving them syphilis. Between 1932 and 1972 in the so-called Tuskegee syphilis study. They trust the same government with health care that sprayed deadly zinc cadmium sulfide particles over the poor and black areas of St. Louis in the 1950s. Do not trust anyone going forward who trusts the government. We are not to worship politicians. And we are not to worship Fauci. Amen. The great economist Ludwig von Mises wrote, Worship of the state is the worship of force. The worst evils which mankind ever had to endure were uh, inflicted by governments. And the worst government in the history of the world, the government of the Antichrist, is coming up next. And you do not want to be here for that. The Bible warns us that there will be a great apostasy during the end times, and that is where we are right now. That is what these weeds are all about. 2 Thessalonians 2, 3, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. And that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition. That day shall not come except there come a falling away first. Then the man of sin, the man of perdition will be revealed. 2 Thessalonians 2.3 in the English Standard Version says, Let no one deceive you in any way, for that day will not come unless the rebellion comes first. And the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction. 
So the great apostasy is called the falling away in the King James and the rebellion in the English Standard Version. And that is what we are seeing, a rebellion against the truth, an abandonment of the truth. And you hear me, I stand. I stand with the Word of God. I am immovable. I stand with the Word of God. I'm not going to be pulled off the Bible, not one degree, not one inch, not one sixteenth of a mosquito eyebrow. I stand with God. I stand with Jesus. I stand with the Holy Spirit of God. I stand with the Word of God. It's a rebellion against truth. It's an abandonment of truth. It's lie after lie after lie and cult upon cult upon cult. Amen. Somebody ought to do a history of all the lies, even about this plague. There was a season last year they had people believing that when you sat on a toilet, it could jump out of the fumes could jump out of the toilet and go up your backside and give you this plague. I am not making this up. Lie after lie after lie. We live in a culture of lies. We live in a land of lies. We are led by people who hate us. And there's nobody going to come and save you. There's no political party going to come and save you. There's no judge going to come and save you. There's no politician that is going to come and save you. Our job is to march forward like Christian soldiers and to stand with the Word of God and to stand with God until we hear those three words come up hither. And then it's all somebody else's problem. The end times will include a wholesale rejection of God's revelation, the Bible, the Word of God, a further falling away of an already fallen world. Matthew 24, 10, at that time many will turn away from the faith and betray and hate each other, and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. Jesus did not say the love of some will grow cold. Jesus said the love of most will grow cold. It's frightening to me that I've spent 48 years trying to get people to believe God's word and take action on God's word. But how many Christians believed every ridiculous thing Trump said and have believed and taken action on every ridiculous anti-science thing Fauci has said, even when he changes his story every few weeks? We know those people in Hebrews 11 had faith by what they did. And God is watching what you do to see who you believe. 
We know those people in Hebrews 11 had faith by what they did. And God is watching what you do to see who you believe. So look to the Lord. I said look to the Lord. My message from here to the coming of the Lord is this. We need to totally focus on God and his word. Every time Judah looked to another king or kingdom to save them, they were defeated 100% of the time. But every time they looked to the Lord to save them, they were saved and delivered 100% of the time. Well, Pastor Gene, what are we to do? The Old Testament message is the same as the New Testament message, and the New Testament message is the same as the Old Testament message. Here it is in the Old Testament. Deuteronomy 6, verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. When the Lord your God brings you into the land, he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you a land with large flourishing cities you did not build, houses filled with all kinds of good things you did not provide, wells you did not, wells you did not dig, and vineyards and olive groves you did not plant. Then when you eat and are satisfied, be careful that you do not forget the Lord. And that's what America has done. In other words, and here it is, look to the Lord, look to the Lord, look to the Lord, look to the Lord, and be careful to give him all the credit, the glory, and the honor. I said, look to the Lord, look to the Lord, look to the Lord, and be careful to give him all the credit, the glory, and the honor. Here it is in the New Testament, Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So look to God and don't look to man. Trust God and don't trust man. Give God all the credit, all the glory, and all the honor, and not man. Well, pastor, what do I do if I've had the shot? Look to the Lord and believe God. Amen. Well, pastor, what do I do if I haven't had the shot? Look to the Lord and believe God. Amen. Doesn't seem to be that complicated. Look to God and don't look to man. Trust God and don't trust man. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty two, have faith in God. In Hebrews 11:6, but without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So this is my message on this anniversary Sunday morning, and this is my message to the end. Look to the Lord, look to the Lord, look to the Lord, and stand with his word. Do not be a part of the great falling away, and do not be one of those numbered with those whose hearts have grown cold. Because, brothers and sisters in the Lord, this is it. Now when I say that, 
We could hear those three words before this service is over. We could hear those three words sometime this year. We could hear those three words sometime next year. I don't know. No man is privy to God's calendar. But a blind man could see how all these scriptures line up and we are right there. So don't play with the things of God and don't go chasing after false gods. Amen. Let's bow our heads. You may be here this morning and you're not saved. You're not sa See, you could be a Democrat and not be saved. You could be a Republican and not be saved. You could be a, a trump oliter and not be saved. See, all this is phony. It's all smoke and mirrors. It's all snipe hunts. It's all rabbit chases. You, Jesus said in John chapter 3, you must be born again. You must be born again. He didn't say it was highly recommended for the super spiritual. He said, you must be born again. He said in Revelation 3, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and fellowship with him and he with me. So he's done the work. Now it's not up to God, it's up to you. How many this morning would say, Pastor, I've never made Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior personally and individually, but I want to do so this morning. If that's you this morning, lift a hand up, lift it up high enough to where I can see it. We're going to pray. Anybody, Pastor, I want to be saved. I want to be born again. I want to be forgiven of my sins. There may be others here this morning. You're backslid. Pastor, you just preached that message to scare the hell out of us. Absolutely. Because when I hear those three words come up hither, what do you think Pastor Gene's going to be doing? What do you think Pastor Gene's going to be doing on the way up? What do you think Pastor Gene's going to be doing? I'm going to be looking for you because I love you. And I don't want to say, we're so-and-so, we're so-and-so, we're so-and-so. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So how many this morning would say, Pastor, I'm backslidden? I, I told God I loved him and I meant it when I prayed it. And I told God I'd live for him and I meant it when I prayed it. But I find myself this morning and I, I'm just one of those people, man. I mean, I've just, I'm just not living it. I've fallen away, I guess. But Pastor, I don't want to remain in a backslidden condition. I want you to pray for me. I want to recommit my life to God. I want to get saved. I want to recommit my life to God and be right with God. If that's you this morning, wherever you are, lift a hand up, lift it up high enough to where I can see it. Yes, how many others? This is it. This is it. This is it. And it's easy to remember. I, I recommitted my life to the Lord on Anniversary Sunday, 2022. Anybody else? For the sake of these who raise their hands, let's pray right where we are for the sake of time, everybody. And if you're watching online somewhere around the world, you can pray the prayer with us. Father God, in Jesus' name, I come before you this day to give you my life to recommit to you my life. Time's gone by. I've gone my own way. I've done my own thing. 
I've lived for self. I have lived selfishly. But I turn from my old way of living, and I repent of my sins, and I ask, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that you would forgive me of my sins. Wash me, cleanse me, purify me, sanctify me, and prepare my heart to live for you from this day to my last day. And I thank you for it. I thank you for hearing me. I thank you for receiving me into your family. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. If you're watching online, you can go to fccarlington.com salvation and let us know about your decision. I'd love to send to you a copy of my book, God's Very Own Child. Hallelujah. Now, let me say something right here. Our time is short, but I want to say this. I'm a positive, happy guy. And what I want to do is go back to the 80s and teach faith, 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 prosperity, 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 and, and hang out there. But I'm a soldier. And he has put me here for such a time as this. And I see my duty, and I will not shrink back, and I will stand and declare his word and what he speaks through me because he selected me to be here at this time. What am I going to do about it? I used to whine and cry in prayer, say, Lord, you know, Old Dr. Criswell got out, or he got, you know, he lived in the sweet spot. He, he preached in the Bible Belt. He got out before all the insanity. But then I saw, in fact, the Lord spoke to me one day in prayer, and he said, these words from the book of Esther, for such a time as this. And I had it, and I stopped complaining. Hallelujah. He chose me, and I will not fail him. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Why don't, we, uh, why don't we give the Lord a shout of victory for those who recommitted their lives to the Lord this morning. Amen. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817 561 3400 or send an email to info at Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.